Welcome in, welcome back, everybody, to a We Have a Lot to Discuss edition of the Always Irish Show. As always, thank you for joining me. YouTube, do subscribe. I do appreciate it. And if you approve of the content afterwards, go back, give the video a thumbs up. Appreciate that. On Twitter, in the search bar, Always Irish or at JKZND4. Email alwaysirishnd at gmail.com. Audio only anywhere you want me. You could get me. Merchandise link is below in the description. So, we have a lot to break down here. The new college football playoff proposal is out. It looks similar to what I've been saying it would look like in many ways, but with some caveats that obviously directly impact Notre Dame. I've been saying for a while now, 12 was the number I thought it would be, and that is what it is. I figured we would have the six highest-rated conference champions, the Power Fives, and then one more from anywhere else, Group of Five, whatever, and then six at-large bids. I figured that's what the setup would be, and it mostly is. One through four get first round buys. Five through 12s play at uh, a home game at the higher seeds home field. Okay. Sounds good to me so far. Sounds like a home run for Notre Dame. The perfect model would be if it stopped right here. The 12 teams, six automatics, six at large. Four buys go to the one through four teams. Anybody ranked one through four, that makes perfect sense to me. Very logical. But then there's this. Then there's this. The guaranteed buys can only go to conference champions. This means that even at 12-0 and and ranked number one overall in a regular season, Let's say maybe one of the next couple years, somehow, some way, Notre Dame beats Clemson and Ohio State and USC in these upcoming years, runs the table at 12-0. They're ranked number one in the regular season. Under this format, even in this scenario, the highest Notre Dame could be ranked in the playoff is fifth, entering that tournament. And therefore, they will never be eligible to get a bye. So you have a scenario where a undefeated ranked number one team can only be ranked fifth when you do this seeding. This is unnatural to any other seeding structure of all time ever, ever, and a harder path for Notre Dame. So here's what this was. Here's what this is. This is a power play move by the conferences to stick it to Notre Dame. To try and force them to join a conference full time or make life harder for Notre Dame than everybody else. 
While I don't love it, obviously, as a Notre Dame guy, it's absolutely the right thing for them to do. It is. It's the absolute right, appropriate thing for everybody else in that room to do to Notre Dame. It is the smart thing, the prudent thing. I don't blame any of these people in that room for going down this path. It's the smart move for them. It is the smart move for them. So I don't blame them at all. This is what they should do to Notre Dame. And they've done it. They've done it. So that's what this is. This is a Notre Dame penalty tax. Pure and simple. That's all this is. Otherwise, there is no issue. With setting this up exactly how we're saying and then just saying the top four seeds, whoever they are out of the 12, get the buys. There's nothing wrong with that formula. This is a Notre Dame clause. This is a power play by everybody in that room against Notre Dame on behalf of the conference's interests. Don't blame them. Right thing to do. I've seen some Notre Dame people say, you know, it used to be in the old days there was respect for the institution Notre Dame is, their contributions to college football over 100 and whatever years, all this kind of stuff. The BCS played nice with them, built them out their exemption and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I've seen people, Notre Dame folks say, you know, where's that consideration now? It's money. You guys, it is all about money, all about money. So when you're in a room with Notre Dame's athletic director on an island by himself and everybody else that has power is pulling it from the end of the conference rope, this is, this is the way it should have gone. So they're playing this right. If I take my Notre Dame love and put it aside... This was totally the appropriate business decision. Try and get Notre Dame out of there. Get your conference teams in there. Smart, smart move. Don't blame them. I would do it too. If I was any one of these peoples or fans of any other of any of these other conference teams, I would go for this too. Okay? So I don't blame them at all. It's the right thing to do. This is all about money. I don't blame them at all, okay? So Notre Dame's athletic director, Jack Swarbrick, was in this room for all these discussions, and he wields whatever power Notre Dame has. Now, here's the thing about that Notre Dame power. That Notre Dame power carries a lot of weight, gravitas in terms of history, money, resources, all that kind of stuff. That Notre Dame brand name and being the athletic director of Notre Dame carries a lot of weight all over the country and all over the world. The place where it carries the least weight is in this meeting room of anywhere in the world, anywhere in the U.S., anywhere in the world. The place where that weight carries the least amount of power is in this negotiating room. So that's the dynamic. Yes, Jack Swarbrick's there speaking on behalf of Notre Dame's interests. But he is outnumbered and outpowered 
by everybody else in this group. It's one of the only settings in the world where the Notre Dame athletic director doesn't have a lot of power and sway. This is the dynamic that we're working in, though. Okay? So, I don't blame these guys for trying to set it up this way. It's the prudent thing to do. It's the very smart move for them to do this and either force Notre Dame's hand to join the ACC full-time or have an extra hurdle to win a championship. Brilliant move by them. I'm irritated by it, but nobody cares what I think. It's the right move. Okay? So, I don't have a problem with them trying to do this. It makes perfect sense. I have a little bit of a problem with Jack's interpretation of all this. That's the part that I don't understand. Now, here's the other thing. I'm going to get into some of what Swarbrick talked about from the Notre Dame end where I disagree with his thinking from the fan perspective. But I don't really think it matters. Right? Like, like there are things I wish Jack would have said and handled differently in this dynamic. I want to get those out just for my own peace of mind and verbal therapy with you guys that I do every week. But I don't think it matters. So I wish he would have handled certain things differently with this. And when he spoke to the media, handled it differently. But I don't think the overall outcome could have been any different because he's outnumbered and outpowered. It's one of him and everybody else pulling the other way on the rope. So I'm going to get into some of what I didn't like about what Jack said in his approach. But by no means do I think if he went the way I wanted him to go and say, I don't think it would have changed it. You're outnumbered and outpowered. What could you do? There's not much you can do. Except, and I say this half kidding, you know, But if this is how it is, Notre Dame could join the MAC, play nobody, go undefeated every year and have a bye because they're giving six, you know, like, like you could, you could maneuver this. Like if this is how it's going to be and the six highest ranked conference champions join the MAC, go undefeated, get a bye every single year and set yourself up to win a title in the playoff with the bye every year, go undefeated. Like I'm not saying Notre Dame should do that, but like if you really wanted to juke the system, there's a way to do it. Half-ass join a half-ass conference, never lose another game. Set yourself up as one seed in perpetuity, right? Because if that's the structure they set up, they'd have to honor it. I'm not saying Notre Dame should do that, obviously. You would lose a lot of uh, credibility. I'm just bringing that up as a philosophical point that juking the system in that way could be done, right? But life is a negotiation. So is college football playoff involvement as an independent. So Jack spoke, seems to be fine with this formatting. But his reasoning for being okay with it is a little bit flawed to me in the way I think about it. I expected him to fight this angle a little bit more than he has. And I'm a little disappointed in that. Again, if he approached it the way I would, I don't think it would have changed the outcome. I'm just a little disappointed at how easily he rolled over and conceded this Notre Dame never eligible for a bye thing. 
Jack talked about Notre Dame not having a bye, but also not having a conference title game as being a pretty equal, even washout. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. The 13th game thing, here we go again. Anybody but UCLA, you're already at 12 games to 12 games because you schedule FCS teams. Notre Dame and UCLA are the only two that never have. So unless you're one of those two teams, you're already at 12 games to me because you're scheduling teams you have no business scheduling. Also, losing to one of those teams does not justify scheduling one. It just means you made two mistakes, not one. So I want to get that point out of the way right away. Another way that I see this as a false equivalency that was put forth by our own athletic director is that not all conference title games are playoff elimination games. Notre Dame's first round game would be that extra game Notre Dame would have to play even if they're a top four team. So that is an elimination game. But how many years, if the current recruiting structure exists, are you going to see Alabama and Georgia playing in the SEC title game and whoever loses is still in the tournament anyways? in the 12-team bracket. That's going to happen a lot based off the talent level of those two teams in particular. So that's a false equivalency. And again, my points now aren't towards the people in this room that want to force Notre Dame's hand. I have more of an issue with how Jack is looking at these dynamics. That's more my issue. I don't blame these people. I'm talking about I don't love the way Jack talked and thought about this. So not all those conference title games are elimination games the way Notre Dame's first round would be. So that's automatically not, you can't equate the two. You're going to have Alabama and Georgia in there no matter who wins and loses a bunch. So that's not true. Here's the other thing. And this, I am willing to say, I hope, will shift over time. Will shift over time. But as we sit right now with the massive lack of parity in recruiting and how you have like one team in each, the SEC is a little different. I'm going to set them aside. They're a little different. There's more talent there and a few good teams between the conferences, usually in each year. But when you get to any other conference other than the SEC, many of these conference title games are lame. They are lame. Okay, you Clemson playing four-loss pit for the ACC title game does not excite or impress anybody. Ohio State playing four-loss Northwestern for the Big Ten title game should not and does not impress anybody anybody. So down the road, I would hope there's some more parity to make those title games actual good matchups between good games. Beating four lost teams to claim your title does not impress me. Also, both of these scenarios I talked about, Notre Dame beat Northwestern that the year I'm referencing, they lost to Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. Uh, Notre Dame beat Pitt the year that Clemson beat them with four losses for the ACC title game. So Notre Dame beat these teams too. 
But it doesn't impress me that it just happens to be the last game of the year and you're beating four loss, five loss teams in a alleged championship game. That does not impress me. So I hope two things happen if this is how it's going to be. And these conference title games are being treated as if they're Super Bowls between two good, competitively, evenly matched, highly ranked teams. That's not what we have right now, and that's my problem. So I need a couple things to happen for me to have more comfort with everybody acting like these conference title games are the Super Bowl when they're not good matchups between good teams. They just happen to be the last game of the year. So we act like it's the Super Bowl. One is more parity to where you actually have one loss versus no loss teams playing in that game. Two loss versus one loss. Something competitive. Playing teams that have lost four and five games and, a, and calling it a championship game is insulting and lame. Lame. Here's the second thing that I think would help this dynamic. Now is the time, if we're moving to this structure, now is the time to eliminate divisions in these conferences so that you're actually going to get the top two teams in that title game to make it more competitive. And that will help you avoid acting like there's a Super Bowl going on between an undefeated team and a team with four or five losses. That's just lame. I don't value that game when Clemson's beating a four-loss pit team. Who cares? Notre Dame beat them too. It doesn't matter. It's the last game in the year to me. So those are my problems with that dynamic. And I'm saying this in a window now because we're seeing in each of these conferences outside the SEC, there's like one big team, Ohio State and Clemson, and I guess Oklahoma playing down there, and the Pac-12 doesn't even really exist to me, okay? So if these games were all undefeated versus one-loss teams, fine, but they haven't been lately. So they're just not the end-all, be-all to me in these big, impressive wins when they're not equitable matchups at all. So I just don't value that as much as other people. You're not beating good teams to win that conference title. So it's not that big of a deal to me. Sorry. So to me, Mr. Independent, I know, but there's way too much value being placed on conference title games that are not competitive and compelling matchups. Eliminate the divisions would help that change and would make me feel better about this. I'll grant the SEC. That's different. I'm talking about everybody else. Talking about everybody else. Okay. Eliminate the divisions. And I hope we have some more parity in recruiting to where this is just more competitive than what I'm seeing. I am not impressed that you beat a four-loss team to win your conference title. Not impressed. I'm just not. That's not hard to do. I'm just not impressed. Okay? So the other issue is, how do you define this 13th game that everybody hates on Notre Dame about? I don't define it 
as the last game is the 13th. 13 games is 13 games. The way I see it, the 13th game for Clemson is Wofford, Furman, or Citadel. Not five loss pit at the end of the year. 13 games is 13 games. So to me, Wofford, Furman, and Citadel count every bit as much as four loss pit that happens to be the last week of the year. So I've always hated the 13th data point argument for the reasons I've stated. Unless there's more parity in these conferences, I expect more mismatched, lame games being rewarded with automatic buys. Jack doesn't get this, doesn't see it that way, or did, but it wasn't worth fighting in a room where he's outnumbered and outpowered and there's nothing he could do. But as the Notre Dame guy trying to protect independence, Jack's level of comfort with this scenario and lack of pushback, I didn't like. I didn't like. He's oddly too comfortable rolling over and accepting this setup. And the reasons he stated in the media, I just disproved in two minutes. All of them. Every, every bullet point he made about the swap is incorrect. So who are the big winners in all this? The big winners in all this are the same winners we already have. Now you're looking at Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and probably Oklahoma getting automatic buys every single year now. Those are already the good teams. Take Oklahoma out. Talk about the big three because I don't believe in Oklahoma overall. If you're an Alabama, Ohio State, or Clemson fan, you got to be jumping for joy because this just locked you into buys. This just locked you into buys. Oklahoma is also a huge winner in this because they're going to jump Notre Dame and other SEC teams simply because their conference is garbage. Their conference is not good at football. They're going to benefit from this hugely. So all this does is bolster those teams' already strong positions. They will still win. These teams, like the recruiting dominating teams we see in the playoff every year, they're still going to win. We just most likely are now going to have more losers in play. But for those top teams, life just got even easier than they already had it. Those are the teams that make the playoff almost every year anyways. Now they're locked into guaranteed buys unless things change with recruiting and competitive scale across the country. So the huge winners in this are already the winners. Now they get automatic buys. So the winners are the same. Okay? So... You're just going to have more losers now. Instead of just Notre Dame taking crap, you're going to have a lot more losers. But the same teams that are already doing well, just their path got even easier. So they got to be loving this. Absolutely loving this if you're Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Love it. Okay? So the buy aspect of this is obviously a big negative for Notre Dame. It's a big negative. You could go undefeated 12-0 beating Ohio State and Clemson in a couple years and you're not eligible for a bye because you didn't beat a four-loss team in a conference title game. 
Okay, whatever. Now, there are a couple positives. On the positive side, with six open at-large spaces, in any decent year, Notre Dame should be in the tournament. Should be in the tournament. Let's say Notre Dame goes undefeated or 11-1. They end up ranked third and fourth in the regular season. Well, under this scenario, that bumps them down to fifth when playoff time comes. That means Notre Dame would get to host a home game in December for that first round. Yeah, it'd be cool to go to another home game at Notre Dame in December, but you know what would be better is not having to play and risk losing or injury. Like, I don't get you Notre Dame people. Oh, that's so awesome. I can't wait to go there in December to see a home game. That's the best thing ever. No, it's not the best thing ever. Not having to risk losing while other teams are sitting at home would be the best thing ever. So... I don't care what you think as a fan that you get to go to this extra game. I'd rather we were sitting at home, not risking getting knocked out of the playoff or injuries. So here's the other thing. Getting teams to South Bend in December may be or may not be a big advantage. It depends where the other team's coming from. If it's a Southern team who hates it, the cold, and it's snowing, that should benefit Notre Dame. If it's another cold weather team, then it's not going to be that big of an advantage or difference. Okay? So, make no doubt about it. You can't lose games. You don't have to play. The path of winning four games to get a ring compared to three is huge. That is a big, big, big difference. Ask yourself, Notre Dame winning four games in a row against top 11 teams. How likely do you think that is? Ask yourself, how likely do you think it is as we sit right now that Notre Dame would beat four top 11 teams in a row? I think the odds on that are pretty rare. Uh, unless things change a lot with the way Notre Dame's doing things. So this format is quite simply a Notre Dame independence penalty tax. That's what it is. And that's what happens when you are the outlier compared to everybody else by choice. It's not surprising. It's very clear Notre Dame values independence over an easier path to a title. That is their choice to do. I respect it to a large extent, but with it comes the additional hurdle that no matter how good we are, we're going to have to play an extra game. That's just the way this is going. When you're the only outlier and you're outnumbered, there isn't much you could do. There isn't much you could do. Notre Dame has no leverage in this situation. So I just have a hard time getting over how overvalued most of these conference title games are when they're not good matchups. I would be way more comfortable with this dynamic. 
if those games were awesome games against really highly ranked teams. That's not what we're getting. And that's the part that that bothers me. These games are being overvalued just because they're at the end of the year. But most of them are not good matchups between good teams. So to put that much reward on it, it's just a bit much for me unless it's the SEC title game. All the other ones have been pretty lame lately. That's It is what it is, though. Notre Dame has no leverage. It is what it is. Okay? So Notre Dame could be undefeated, ranked number one, and then have to win an extra game before playing a well-rested conference champ who beat a four-loss team the week before. Clemson played five-loss pit for that title game in 2018. Four-loss Virginia after that. Ohio State, four-loss Northwestern. I am not impressed. I am not impressed. Notre Dame beat both the teams I referenced in those years. It's not that hard and not that impressive. So Notre Dame's trade-off is a wider entry point into the tournament, but a tougher path to win it all once in. That's the trade-off. That's the trade-off. Now, if you told me, John, your options are this setup or an eight-team setup with six automatic bids to six conference champions and two at-larges, clearly this is a better angle. But looking at this in totality, when people are like, this is okay, you know, whatever, compared to what? That's, that's my philosophical hang-up here. Compared to what? When people say, oh, this is okay for Notre Dame. Compared to what? Compared to eight teams with six auto bids, yeah, this is much better. Compared to 12 teams, the way it is with four buys and Notre Dame's eligible for one, no, this sucks. So compared to what? is what you have to answer to me. Wherever your opinion falls on this, it depends what you're comparing it to. So Notre Dame's trading a wider entry point for a tougher run once in. Okay, can I see a Brian Kelly team going 16-0 and with the last four being against top 11 teams? Are you out of your goddamn mind? Hell no, I can't see that. What from the history of Brian Kelly at Notre Dame should make you, Mr. and Mrs. Notre Dame fan, say, you know what, looking at our recent playoff performances, I feel pretty good Notre Dame can rip off four wins in a row against top 10 teams. What evidence do you have that supports that? Tell me, what evidence do you have? There is none. There is none, okay? So, in no scenario can I see a Brian Kelly team doing that. Prove me wrong all you want, but we've already had a couple chances here with an easier path than this, and it ended horribly. 
So you want me to buy into us ripping off four top 10 wins in a row? I'll believe it when I see it and only when I see it. Okay. So here's some interesting quirky notes about all this. Under this format, looking back, Notre Dame would have made the playoffs six out of the last seven years. Again, wider entry point, harder path once in. Six of the last seven years, we would have been in. Here's an an interesting one. In 2019, Notre Dame was ranked 12th, but would have been jumped and bumped out of the playoff by number 18, Memphis, since they would be the sixth highest ranked conference champion. Notre Dame gets kicked to the curb in this scenario because of the powerhouse conference Memphis won. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. Okay. Last year, Oregon would have been excluded. Coastal Carolina would have been in due to the same dynamic. So there's some interesting, interesting, quirky things here that could happen. So in totality, this whole setup, one, it has to do with money. Two, it was very clear there was a priority for everybody to gang up and stick it to Notre Dame, which I don't blame them for. It's exactly what the conference people should try and do. So I applaud them for doing the right thing. That's what should happen. And number three, this is about giving out more participation ribbons while the same rich get richer with buys every year. That's how this is going to go. Bottom line is under any format, until there's more parity and recruiting, the results are going to be similar to what we're seeing now. There's just more losers that aren't going to be able to cry they didn't get a chance, and we're probably going to be a part of that. I thought forever 12 was the number. Six con winners, six at-large traditional bids, uh, at-large bids. Rank them how you rank them, do the buys. All this format does is reward the haves that already have everything. And that's not their fault. It's everybody else's fault. They can't compete. But what this does is makes the path for the haves even easier than they already have it. Okay? For Notre Dame to beat four top 12 teams in a row... You better get a lot better really fast. I know Swarbrick doesn't have much leverage in this room, but he rolled over on this one way too much for me, way too easily, and I I just don't love that. Even if this ended up what it is, but Jack came out of the meeting and said he didn't like what they tried to do and tried to push back but got outnumbered, brought up the logic about the 13th game and the differences I brought up, why it's not equivalent. If Jack said, I brought all that up, fought for us, got outnumbered, this is what it is, it's the deal we came to. I could respect that, but I feel like he totally conceded on this, rolled over, is fine with it, and doesn't understand any of the philosophical points I brought up about that 13th data point conference championship game situation. So 
how easily he rolled over and took this is my problem. It's not that they did it. They did the right thing. I just feel like Jack took, just rolled over and took a beating and seems fine with it. That's what I have a problem with. So my final point on this is scheduling. And that's a whole different discussion for another show about how, if at all, this formatting will change how teams schedule moving forward. You could debate about if expanding to 12 devalues the regular season. There's no doubt it does. The bigger the pool of entries is, it's an inverse equation. The more teams are in, the more you devalue the regular season. It has to be that way. The more teams that are in, the lower the value of every regular season game. That's the ratio. They move inverse of each other in perpetuity. It's math. The wider the pool, the less each regular season game matters. Those are discussions for another day about impact on scheduling and devaluing the regular season and to what extent. So there's a lot to consider on that angle. Here's how we're going to finish. What do I expect to see from Notre Dame in this format as we currently sit in a Brian Kelly-led program? I am not speaking on anything that might happen after him. If I get my wish and Marcus Freeman's the coach, I'm talking about what would I expect if this goes through and Brian Kelly's around? John, how do you see it going for Notre Dame? Here's how. I would see us making the playoff almost every year, bragging about it, and not winning anything I care about. That's exactly how I see this going. That is the most likely outcome. I could just see it now. We make it almost every year, maybe beat the team at home in December at Notre Dame Stadium, then move to the next venue, get beat. But I'm going to see it bragged about all the time that Notre Dame, we make the playoff every single year. And there's still going to be not one trophy I care about in the rack, in the goog. There ain't going to be one. But it's going to be all about bragging that you made the tournament. Never mind the part about not winning once you're in it. That's how I see this going. Lots of bragging about making it. Not a lot of trophies I care about. That's what I see is the most likely scenario. So this isn't all bad, but it's not a home run for Notre Dame either. It, it, it isn't. So it, it, it looks like this is what it is. Buck up, find a way to win four games instead of three. What do you guys think? Should we do a live stream about this so we can interact and you guys could type your thoughts? Let me know.